So I got the um, I've ordered I ordered those, both those books that you suggested and uh, oh awesome yeah and I just got emotional intensity in gifted mm-hmm. students and uh, so I just started reading that um, I'm really looking forward to the other one because this one is I think will help me in the future um, but it because it is for a little bit older of kids um, yeah but I love just like. Just like thinking about all this from a different perspective, you know, like it's, it just, I feel like there's so much insight that I've gained from just starting to think about like the, the giftedness literature and practices and everything. Yes. I, I found it to be huge because before I learned about that or read anything, I think that I was always addressing Sawyer as if he was wrong and he had a problem. Yeah. More than, no, the rest of the world needs to learn how to take him and not be so judgmental. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wow. So when, like, when would you say you first, um, like, figured out that he was gifted? Well, we didn't, we never really thought that when he was young. Uh, I always kind of jokingly called him spirited. Mm, Yeah, (laughs) me too. (laughs) That was my my sort of euphemism for the challenges that we had. And then when he was, I think he might have just turned four. And... He was having some issues at his at his daycare. He went to a Montessori daycare. Oh yeah, which you you might think would be a good fit, mm-hmm. right? but but it was not at all. It was sort mm. of a disaster. Uh-huh. Uh, you would think it would be good because it's child directed learning, but even so, it, it's very. What's the word? Standardized? Yeah, like too academic almost? Um, Yes, academic and not, I guess not appropriate. Like they're, it's child directed, so they get to do what they want, but the the options for things Mm. that they want were not good options for him. Right. Um, So Hmm. he was having some issues there. He would have, he had... Uh, he had lots of meltdowns when he was younger and or tantrums or whatever people would call them and uh, he was very what the daycare uh, staff called defiant mm. yes yeah, so they were kind of I guess at the end of their rope and they they said we're having a lot of issues we can't really deal with him our normal strategies are not effective on him Mm -hmm. Um, and uh he may he might have some issues and the the main thing that they focused on was that he was defiant right and and so they said he really needs to have some kind of an assessment so you can figure out what's what the issue is so they basically thought that maybe he had this um, 
disorder called oppositional defiance disorder, or it's called something like that. Mm. I don't know the technical psychological term for it, or if that's correct, but that's what they were thinking. So of course, that was really that was really difficult to hear. I bet. Um, I I thought I thought there was something wrong with him mm-hmm. uh, because it just it just wasn't working and nothing uh, nothing seemed to help seemed to help him and. Uh, so did you feel like he was like that at home though, or was it just when he was in his like preschool environment? Uh, he was sometimes like that at home too. Like he was very challenging at home. Uh, but I guess it was worse there because it was just more of a, of a controlled environment. All right. Yeah. So um being who I am I thought I need to I need to figure out what's wrong yeah. so I can sort out how to deal with it so we went to this uh really great child psychologist in Dartmouth Dr. Karen Pure I don't know if you've heard of her or not no but sounds great she's very good and yeah so we've been we've been going to her ever since and um mm. I guess she sees a lot of children around the city. I didn't realize that before, but a lot of people had heard of her. So we went there and Sawyer did an assessment. He was only four at the time. So I, as I understand it, you can only really assess for so much at that age. Yeah. There's a lot that you, you can't know when they're that young. Yeah. But he did some kind of um, assessment uh, and we walked with Dr. Pierre and we watched through this two way window and it was like puzzles and logic and things like that. I don't know the name of that test. I'm sure there's a specific name for it. So, uh, so we did that and then, uh, they analyzed the results and we came back a couple of weeks or we went back a couple of weeks later and met. Uh, just John and I met with Dr. Pierre and she said, well, he doesn't have any, uh, any problems. He doesn't have ODD or, or ADHD or any other things like that. He just came in the 99.9 percentile <laughs> of the testing that I did and he's gifted wow. and he was he was bored and he's not like he's not like other kids so uh, I'm like tearing up hearing that for you like you must have just been like like so well at first like relieved that like someone saw him something saw him for what he was (laughs) yeah it it was I I was relieved um I was relieved and I felt really guilty, actually, at the same time, mm-hmm. because uh, it was a great relief to know he didn't he didn't have any kind of disorder or something. And 
but I felt really guilty because I didn't realize that before and I wasn't treating him appropriately. Right. Yeah. So I felt really guilty just for not parenting him the way he deserved. Yeah. Yeah. I think I I always have a bit of that. I know. I, I know. I mean, I think that as far as I know, it kind of comes with the territory of being a mom, but um, yeah, yeah, I feel like every time I, I like lose my shit, um, and then I, I come back and I like look at the situation from a different perspective and I'm like, just like a month ago, like I was at my wits end and it was just like so intense with Asher and my mom was even like, like losing it a bit. And so was Mike. And then all of a sudden I realized like, he's bored with the activities that he's doing. Like, and then that day I took him to Lego club that was at the library just down the street. And it was for six to 12 year olds. And I was like, I've never gone because it's for older kids. And I'm like, we're just going and he's going to watch because I know he's going to like watching what the older kids are doing. And then all this, and he loved it. And he was playing with the Lego and like, like, cause we have Duplo, but this was like the real Lego. And then, And then all of a sudden it was like this big like relief that I was like, okay, he's just bored. And so like I started changing up the activities and doing new things and it just like all of a sudden it made a big difference again. And I feel like I keep, that keeps Mm -hmm. happening to me where I'm like, right, he's ahead of us now and then I need to get back ahead of him. (laughs) Yeah, that's, uh, well, that's such a great thing that you did because it's really hard to hear society say this is for this age group and yeah. this is the type of activity your child should should which is an awful word uh should be doing and to disregard that it's really hard to do that i know yeah it's really hard and and i've started uh well some time ago started doing that with with sawyer and Aside from that, too, uh, um, and we might get into this more later, it's really hard to advocate for your child when they are in someone else's care, primarily the school system. It is a huge, huge challenge because it's amazing that you as a parent get, uh, get over that limited way of thinking, but... It's it's a mountain to climb to get uh, a school to get over it. Yeah, I can't even imagine. And I feel like the the only reason I ha- we haven't encountered these problems yet is because he's always in my care, Mike's care, or my mom's care. And so, yeah. like, I don't have to advocate with them, you know? it's um, Yeah, well, picture him in a daycare. Like, how would that... It wouldn't work. Like, that. this is... Like I didn't, I had sort of decided before even having a child that I wanted to work it out some way where he wasn't, but now it's like, I I don't even know, it it would not have worked. Like I imagine him there and I'm like, I don't know how it would work. Like it it just, he he would have been defiant. Like, cause I see Mm -hmm. moments where he does that. And then my mom has the luxury or I have the luxury to like take him away and then we go do something else. And, but it wouldn't, you can do that if it was like one caregiver for like five or six kids, you know, or 10 or whatever. So you have to, you have to, to, to usually a great degree, any child in a care setting like that has to, to, um, 
in large part, fit into a mold. Yeah. And if they don't, well, it's, it's really the same as, as any special need. Yeah. And you know, that's the, where I, the, the idea of special needs is what really drew me into the giftedness stuff because like I came to it totally separately because of, you know, people just commenting on Asher for a long time. And then I was like, Oh, I, I should look into this. And I just like did the checklist and then I was like, Oh my God, there's lots of things here. And then I kind of put it aside because I didn't want to like kind of go down that route for, yeah. you know, those obvious reasons of like, you know, not thinking your child is like special or whatever. But then I read about the special needs and how it's like, really, this should be treated as special needs. And then all of a sudden I was like, oh my God, that's where I found the biggest relief. Cause I'm like, I do feel like Asher has special needs. And even compared to like his peer, like my friends who have kids the same age, I'm like, I'm always feeling like I'm, I can't do that because of Asher or this doesn't work for us. And now like just even feeling like there's a label of special needs felt like mm -hmm. a huge relief for me. Yeah, well, that's, it's a great, it's a great way to look at it. So I guess it, I don't know if I like the language or not special needs, like for, for yeah. any child. I don't know if it's, if it's great language, but at least it's something that society is used to. So they think, okay, something is different. So this child requires something different than the norm, Yeah, which, which is really useful. Yeah. So at, yeah, at least, at least there's that, um, in, in your research, did you come across an organization that you probably did on the internet because it's, I think it's out there a lot that, um, is called S E N G. I did. Yes. And I found that their information they've had, I've only, uh, seen it online. I found it really helpful. Yeah. Well, it, supporting emotional needs of the gifted yeah and that's yeah. really a huge huge part of it um especially as i think a lot of uh gifted kids have this uh situation of asynchronous development which sawyer had in a huge way because uh although his cognitive abilities were were tremendous he uh, was behind on his social and emotional development mm. so just that that radical difference causes huge problems he was always so frustrated yeah and so his emotional needs are are astronomical and even even now uh, over time Unfortunately, and it's probably, I would guess it's probably usually the case, his uh, emotional and social abilities have uh, caught up somewhat. Mm. Uh, so he can manage things a lot better. Do you think that, like, has that been because of the work you've done with him, like helping him get to that point? I would say maybe a little bit. And, and honestly, I don't think that, I've done all that much, but, um, I think a lot of it is just time and him maturing and his brain developing. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So he's had, 
uh, over the past few years, he's had a couple of really great years um, at his school, which, as as you might guess, is pretty much entirely dependent on the teacher. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyway, yeah, I found that that website, that Sang website, really, uh, really helpful because it really emphasizes what that difference is between kids and the, the, the average and uh, gives a real legitimacy to their emotional needs. Mm-hmm. And the other thing that was probably the most important part that I got out of the literature that I read was the traits, the common traits of gifted children, uh, which mm. I think are... <laughs> Um, they are called that because they are really common, or at least uh, in our case, Sawyer is sort of the, the poster child for the common traits of um, intensity, sensitivity, and drive. Mm. Right. And it's a really challenging, really, as you know, a really challenging combination. Yeah. And hard to, I guess, hard to manage without stifling. What do you, you, or, or, or well, hard to manage those things without doing some damage to the child. Yeah, I think because I mean, they're wonderful characteristics, but they're a lot of work. Yeah. <laughs> to um, to to manage or like celebrate or encourage without being a regular parent and you know disciplining your child for something that would normally merit discipline. Uh, That's a, so what do you, what do you mean by that? I'm curious about that. Cause, um, like how is discipline different? Well, the big thing, I would say the, the biggest area with Sawyer is that, um, he would, he would fight for what he believes in till the death, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> and I don't know where he got any of that from, Candace. I'll just segue into Okay. So he would do that, and normally, um, techniques that you would get, even techniques from the experts. Uh, from child-rearing experts and psychologists or psych- psychiatrists would would tell you to, uh, as a parent, or a common strategy would be to, okay, to say, if your child does this, then you uh, re- always remain calm and tell, tell him, uh, in this case him, that these are the consequences and this is what happens and that behavior is not acceptable and here's what happens and here are the consequences that you get um or otherwise do the the rewards based type of uh discipline so if you don't do that behavior uh or you get control of yourself well enough to to uh to stop it mid course, then you know you get stars on a chart or something mm-hmm. like that. Um, all of those things, and we tried lots of things like that. They didn't really work. Yeah, I can already see that happening with us. 
Yeah, and I'd have to say perhaps they're not appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that's not to say they're not normally appropriate. I mean, there are the people who recommend these things have a lot of expertise and I'm sure they work most yeah. of the time. Right. But if you're, if your child is not, uh, uh, I don't know what the word is. I hate to say normal because that's not, yeah, but not average, I guess, or common, uh, then, then those things don't necessarily work. And those, those strategies don't, take that into account so with Sawyer we've tried some things like that so he would get um, consequences and consequences for behavior that is emotionally driven mm -hmm. that doesn't really work yeah. or, you know emotionally and, and driven by his intensity and his sensitivity like it doesn't, consequences don't work because they don't, um, I guess they're, they're normally consequences are based on, on whatever leverage it is that you have. So like, you know, taking away screen time or, or play time or something like that, that doesn't, that, that doesn't work with Sawyer because that's not the most important thing to him. So right. ultimately you don't you don't have leverage. Yeah. So he, um, and most of the, the things like when, if he would, he would, uh, fight with us over something, uh, it was usually because of what he saw as fair. Hmm. Right. So I, I think, you know, maybe he's going to be some kind of crusader for social justice <laughs> when he is older, because my gosh, he can, uh, make an argument for any, like he still, I mean, he still does this. And, and I, I think, wow, he's, he's smarter than us. He wins these arguments. Right. <laughs> but he comes up with a better argument than we can have about why something isn't fair. Like he will keep going and going and point out, flaws in our in our logic and that's with two lawyers like it's not like he's just arguing with some like you know random professional person you know well i know it's funny so it's gave me more given me more insight into how john feels because i do that to him right uh. <laughs> but sawyer sawyer can do that to me wow and i'm just like eventually we get to a point where you know, we've, we've gotten deep into an argument where he'll bring up something to dispute what I've said and I'll have to think about it and say, oh my gosh, I didn't think about that point. You're right. <laughs> uh -oh, what am I going to do now? Oh my goodness. <laughs> so trying to have a, have a sort of create a context where you have discipline in that it's, uh, I don't know. It's really, really hard. Yeah. Wow. You know, it's funny because one of the things that I've noticed about Asher is that he he does already finds the holes in the things that we say. And, like, even yeah. when he compares... So he, like, 
you know, like it's impossible for me and Mike and my mom to all have the exact same rules. One, because we have different limitations, Um, you know, yeah. (laughs) And so he'll, he'll, I know. And he, I know when he sees the hole, cause he looks at me and he'll say it with a different tone. And as he asks me a question, like, can he do something? I'm like, he's asking me this because Mike lets him do it differently or Mike says something different. And so I sit there and having to figure out like, why are you asking me it like that? You know, cause he sees something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. And he's yeah. only two and a half and saying these things to me. And I'm like, geez, what's going to happen when he's a teenager? <laughs> oh, I, I, I don't even want to think. About that. <laughs> I know, but it is, I mean, it is interesting. It's so like, I also love having conversations with him because of these little things that, cause I'm like, your little mind is just seeing oh, all these things it's it's amazing i'm sometimes i'm just in awe i'll ask sawyer his opinion and he'll explain it <laughs> to me and oh my god it's yeah it's amazing like it's enlightening yeah because um in large part because he's not clouded with the baggage of being out in society for so long Uh, he kind of he can he can cut right to the important things and he hasn't sort of been tainted by the living out in the world yet yeah it's incredible Mm. it's probably like the best form of intelligence in the world yeah for sure yeah it's like (laughs) the most pure and then it just gets tainted as they go on yeah the discipline thing is interesting because like one of the things that i've just noticed is a is effective with Asher one is that create like it has to be internally motivated so like you know like you were saying the consequences if he doesn't yeah. if he doesn't care about it it's not going to work and so like I so I feel like we work really hard to figure out like what what is geared like channeling him to do something that he wants to do so figure out how to make him want to do it because he doesn't care yeah. necessarily if we want him to do it like he's not trying to please us Right. And then the other thing is um, that when he's in a meltdown, the mm-hmm. one of the like 95% of the time I can get him out of it if I tell him something he doesn't know. It's like, like I remember one time he was having a meltdown and I said, I was trying to explain something to him and I was just trying to talk to him and like wait for something to land. And I said, adult. And then he looked at me and I was like, ah, he doesn't know what adult is. So then I started explaining what adult versus kid is. And he just mm-hmm. like came out of his meltdown because he was, so the, the internally motivated source was the curiosity. He wants to know things. And yeah. so that became more important than the meltdown that he was having. Yeah, that's a great strategy. Yeah. Yeah, it just, and it just happened because I landed on something that he didn't know. So, um, yeah. Uh, we uh, we do something that's a little bit similar to that, uh, and I haven't really I haven't really described it in terms of something that he doesn't know, but it's similar. So what I will sometimes do if Sawyer uh, was sort of I, you can tell when he's heading toward a meltdown. Mm. So we kind of always use this. Uh, description of it from Dr. Pure that was really 
handy, just the, the green, yellow, red. Mm -hmm. And so we would describe this sort of heading for a meltdown as the yellow stage. And mm -hmm. it's really the only opportunity to diffuse it. Once it gets to red, it's too, too far gone. Right. Um, but, uh, if during that yellow stage stage you can if i would um, distract him or change the topic to something else that would pull him right. out of it yeah but it, it, it's difficult to sort of change the topic because it has to be like you said it has to be something he's interested in right yeah so something he doesn't know would be a really good way to, to change it yeah um, yeah and so this yeah. is sort of like speaks to the the challenge of managing this it's like this is a lot of cognitive work on us all the time like oh yeah yeah <laughs> and it's exhausting you know one of the other things that i i find interesting uh is even as we're talking about this like i'm getting i just like hearing you talk about it is so helpful and it's been so great that that this worked and that we that i found this from you and i'm so thankful and even as I'm really, I'm really glad that uh, that we sort of well, that we noticed this and figured it out uh, because all the time when Sawyer was younger, like he's nine now, but I didn't, I didn't know anybody yeah. who had a child like this. So it is as you as you mentioned, uh, if you don't know someone, it is you start it, it's. Well, it's isolating and it's lonely and it's a lot of hard work to do when you're when you're feeling isolated. Yeah. So, you're finding someone else you can even just have a have a conversation with is is huge. Yeah, huge because I think if you're doing it by yourself, you well, I know I do, and I think it's probably human nature that you just always doubt yourself and you you keep thinking this can't be real. Right. It can't be real. It can't be real. And it goes back to that, that other point you made about not wanting to talk about it because it's like a faux pas because you don't want to be uh, the person that all the other parents see as, oh, she's one of those parents who thinks her child is the most, the greatest thing since sliced bread uh, and is living vicariously through her child. Yeah. And so you're kind of in this, uh, you're kind of stuck because you can't, you can't talk to other people who don't have a child like this because it's, they don't believe you and you'll, you'll be judged. And it's the sort of judge judgment that is probably the worst type of judgment that you can you can get if you think you're a person who is relatively humble and you have your ego in check. Mm -hmm. So it's such a huge, I've always, I've always struggled with that. And I don't know if it's in one of those books that, uh, that I recommended to you or not, but there is in one of the books I've read, there's a lot of discussion about that mm. and how it's so difficult for parents to, actually recognize this because they you've been trained n never to think such a thing <laughs> yeah I know well and that like even when I when I reached out to you and like I, I felt like I took such a risk and said you know 
is, are any of your kids gifted? Because just because of the comment that you made, even when I post, like I kind of threw that post out there, like talking about giftedness, but I never said anything about, you know, Asher at all, mm-hmm. me thinking Asher was gifted. I just threw it out there. And when you commented, I was like, I feel like, like Candace is in this situation and like, I want to reach out, but I was so scared to even suggest it because for me to suggest like, have you experienced this? I had to reveal that I was considering that Asher might be gifted and, and I was nervous to do that because I, you know, for all the reasons you just said. Yeah. And even as we're like talking, you know, and I'm hearing about Sawyer, I'm like, well, you know, I don't know. I can't, I I still don't think that this is real. And like Asher, you know, doesn't, he's not at all like that. And I know he's quite young, so it's very different, but I'm still feeling like hesitant to, to, to believe in this and but I it's also this weird space because like I know that there's nothing there's no testing that can be done so it's like this limbo time before they can get tested and it's like do I want to like you know vulnerably go through this and think yeah this might be the case um, but I can't prove it so then it's like oh you know I'm, I'm definitely within one of those parents who are like you just think your kid's the best in the world and all this stuff and the smartest, but like, so I feel like taught. And, and so thinking about your experience, like early on, like how, how would you have ever known? Like when this is absolutely not discussed in toddler time, you know, and I'm yeah. obviously there were indicators long before that first, you know, interaction with the teachers that's, or the pre, like the daycare workers who said, you know, you should get them tested. <laughs> But how would you ever yeah. know? Because people don't just like this. It's just there's nothing out there, you know? Yeah. And all those indicators, they were there. Like, they were they were abundant before we had this issue in daycare. Yeah. I just never heard of them. Right. Right. And then and our parenting styles <laughs> were, ref, were reflective of, like, the common and the... You know, I think like one of the reasons, like I just felt like there we had a, a lot of like sleeping struggles, which I've talked to you about, and and like yeah. all these like suggestions. I was like, this doesn't work for us, and it like it was also why I was sort of like searching for some other answer because I'm like, why does this not work? Like, you know, people keep saying these things, and and then I was reading something about. Well, I, th- I think that's the post that I that we started talking about this was about how to the sleeping needs of yeah. gifted children, and I was like, oh my god, this it was like blind mind blowing to see like yes, this makes sense. <laughs> yeah, and it's funny because you see on like on Facebook, for example, lots of mostly ultimate player moms. I've seen so many posts about how they do the sleep training. Yeah, and I'm like. Oh my, I, I just, I can't, I don't get it. <laughs> I know. I, like, I can't do that. It's just, and you know, I did try it when, mm-hmm. when Sawyer was quite young and you know, all I think that I, and it only, I only tried it for like, maybe a week or something like that because it just did not work at all. Yeah. And I felt horrible. I know. For try- and it wasn't working. And I was like, I think I'm just doing some damage. I just can't do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I, <laughs> And I think that, like, given their emotional and sensitivities, like, mm-hmm. I mean, I I knew if we ever tried that with Asher, like, it would escalate and escalate and it would escalate 
all night long. And yeah, I mean, he probably would wear himself out, but he would not learn to self-soothe. Like I, that, that was not, I knew that was not going to happen. Like, yeah. And it didn't happen with Sawyer. Yeah. And that's their drive, right? Like their perseverance, like they would not give up on what they need. (laughs) No. Yeah. It's (laughs) the drive thing. It's, it's a, I guess it's kind of a funny challenge because they're so, they're so driven. Uh, but they're driven, but they're usually right. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So it's, you know, it's not something you can really discipline a kid for without looking like a fool in the end, because in the end they're right. I know. (laughs) Yeah. So I've discovered that the hard way. I bet. Yeah. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Yeah. So this sleep thing. Oh yeah. I, I tried that a bit and then I was like, gosh, I think like, you know, in a week or something, I thought, I think I've done some damage. I need to cut this off right away and just go back to trying to do what works for him. And which we did. And it was a long time. I mean, he, Sawyer did not sleep through the night, like what seemed for like forever. Like he was probably almost three. Yeah. And he, it was interesting, and I, my theory on the on that is just based on my own experience is that their brains are so active, you know. And I think I've said this before. My theory is that their brains are so active for some reason. All of their all of their systems are really active or yeah. sensitive. So I think that. With a brain that active, your sleep is a different experience. Yeah. And it is so easy to interrupt it that it, you can throw it off. Like when Sawyer was little, we used to, he would sleep uh, in his crib in his room. And when Max did that, we always just left the door open to his room. Mm-hmm. And, and of course, well, Max was like, the polar opposite of Sawyer. He was the model baby, so easy. And <clears throat> but with Sawyer, when we would walk by his room, if we would walk down the hallway mm-hmm. by his open door, he would wake up. Wow. Yeah, he's and listening. I, he's. I was like, how can he be that sensitive in his sleep? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right, eh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was. It amazed me. I'm like, no, we can't walk down the hallway. We can't go down there for the rest of the night. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, that's like one of the things with Asher from the very beginning is, is that like his, the sensitivity of his skin, like, and I think I was a little bit aware of that because of my own like eczema issues. And like, and my mom used to always say when I was a kid, like I couldn't wear like plastic shoes or like certain materials. And so I've been (laughs) super aware of that with Asher. And, and I, I think that has affected it does affect some of his sleep and you know even how he is during the day but um yeah like he's just like so sensitive to like even like what blanket I put on him or whether there is a blanket if it's heavy or too light or anything yeah and it's I mean the sensitivity is not limited to any particular sphere like it's it's a physical thing too very much yeah it's, it's funny, even just this morning, uh, 
I had taken out some clothes that were that I had stored in Sawyer's closet that were too small for Max, and now they fit Sawyer. And I put this shirt out for him to wear this morning, and it's one of those. I think they call them a Henley shirt, like that. You know, they have that waffle kind of. Oh yeah, yeah. Pattern in them. Ah. Oh. And he went to get dressed this morning, and he, all I heard was this scream, <gasps> "Mom, I can't wear this shirt. It's oh. like it feels so funny. I can't wear this." I was like, wow. "Oh my god, you just can't, you can't wear that texture." I know. Yeah. Oh my oh. goodness. <laughs> Yeah, and you know the funny thing is when I got it out to put it out for his clothes, I can't. I thought that. I thought, yeah. <laughs> I wonder how this shirt is going to go. It's probably going to be an issue, but you know, I just I test out these things. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, imagine, like, as a baby though, like when they don't have the ability to communicate with words yet, like all these little things are still there, but we we didn't know, like you know, and yeah. That's why you know people say if a baby's crying, there's there's a reason, and I totally believe that. Me too. But a lot of the times with with Sawyer, probably with Asher too, I couldn't figure it out because normally it's like they're sleepy, hungry, or their diaper is dirty. There's the normal stuff. Yeah. But you know, with him, maybe it was just that. You know, his onesie had a seam in a place he didn't like it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you know, then, I could never figure it out. So what do you do? And that when I when that was happening with me, and it obviously still does, but particularly when he was a baby, like I would turn that into me, and then it was like I'm inadequate. I don't. How do I not know what my baby needs? And it started to yeah. just fuel the like the self doubt and like. Everyone else oh seems God. to figure out when their baby, what their baby needs. Why can't I do it? Am I that bad of a mom? Like, yeah, I I went through that same thing too, and there's no good answer for that because you can tell yourself, and other people can tell you as much as they want that you're doing all you can. You can. You're doing a good job. You're doing the best you can, and. I was always thinking, well, maybe I am, but it's not good enough. I know. It's still not good. And I would just beat myself up continuously over that. It was just like, well, doing a good job as a mom or the best that I can, like, it kind of sucks because I'm not good enough to, to do what he needs. I know. And I don't, I don't have a good answer to that except for... Uh, except for (laughs) talking to someone and to to tell yourself it's okay and which brings me to the the other another point that is really important too uh is the parent in all of this um as dr pierre pointed out when we when we discovered this she said well, it's important to know that this is this is in large part a genetic thing. So this comes yeah. from one of you, <laughs> and and sort of personality is like it's so much like mine. It was kind of undeniable. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then. The problem with not being a good enough parent or feeling like you're not a good enough mom is 
that unlike a regular parent who could accept that and say, I'm happy, I'm doing the best that I can, and that's good, I can feel good about myself as a person, that Mm -hmm. if you're a mom like this, you can't say that. Yeah. Yeah, you're just like, no, I, I like that's unacceptable to me. I have to be able to do this. I can't cope with not being able to do it well. Wow. <laughs> can you can you relate to that? I can relate to that for sure. Um, uh, I, I have not come up with any answer to that other than to say, uh, I feel your pain. Yeah. Well, and I actually, yeah, I I guess I kind of just thought everyone felt like this and that is what I've said to Mike so much. It's like, cause he's like, you have to be okay with what you're doing. And I was like, it's not acceptable. Like, and I feel like, like I haven't been a perfectionist I, in any other aspect of my life. And then I got to being a mom and I'm like, I have, like, it's a child's life. Like I can't, I can't accept less than perfect. And I know logically I need to, but I feel like I can't, it's so hard to. <laughs> it really is. And and I confess that I have been a perfectionist in lots of areas. I know you have. <laughs> and um, and I, I've recognized that for a long time and made progress in some areas and, and given it up in some areas. Like when I first had kids, I gave up on having... Uh, a clean house and and made a conscious choice and said right. it's not a realistic expectation so I'm consciously forcing myself to stop that but when it comes to your kid it I I can't I just I know I can't do it and <laughs> and the brutal thing is uh the kid won't be able to stop doing it either I don't know yeah uh, if you've seen that in Asher yet, but you know what you can imagine a kid with such uh with such drive is likely to be a perfectionist so Sawyer is like he's a perfectionist for he's beyond me in his wow. perfectionist tendencies, and we've gotten some really good there are some really good children's books that we got from Dr. Pure on perfectionism just to mm. to to read about it and even to um, to make him more aware of it so he can have um, at least a conscious awareness of the, his own self-talk that he's having to gain another perspective about um how harmful that self-talk might be to right. him and and to, just to get another perspective on on what's okay yeah that's a good point I haven't like I know that that's a common trait and I haven't noticed that like I've looked for it in Asher and I haven't noticed it yet but um but I mean I've noticed him not persevering on certain things and I wonder if it's like it's like he knows he can't do it, so he's not he's not going to try. And then and then he'll come back to things later and then all of a sudden he's got it, you know? Yeah. Uh I would I would I would bet all the money in the world that that's exactly what it is. That's exactly what Sawyer does. Oh wow. Hmm. Yeah, so things that he will 
Well, it's really difficult to get him to try something if it is uh, a sudden change or something mm-hmm. he's not expecting. He does not like that right. <laughs> um, at all. Um, and he, when he was younger, and to a certain degree now, he had a uh, a real struggle with transitions. Mm. Um, partly moving, it was for a couple of reasons. Partly moving on to something new if it was something he wasn't familiar with, but also leaving something because he hadn't accomplished it, it completed it, it wasn't perfect, right? He didn't right. like to leave things. Right. Uh, which I can relate to. Um, I've, for years now, I've been trying to to force myself to do the, to use the 80-20 rule rather than my own ridiculous standard, which I didn't realize how ridiculous it was until like, long into adulthood. And then I saw other people and thought, <laughs> What the hell have I been killing myself for? Yeah, right. No, I try to say, okay, 80% uh, is probably great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, you know. I know, you're, you have the the, uh, the uh, unfair insight of being able to laugh at me now because you've seen me play Ultimate. I know. <laughs> In a perfectionistic way and, like, try to try to, like, play a tournament without dropping the disc once. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Well, I'm happy to hear that you're doing the 80-20. That's good. <laughs> uh, yeah, but the perfectionism, I have to say, is big. Oh, the, the other interesting story I have about the perfectionism is it's really a big factor. So when you, when you do get to some testing, which I highly recommend because I don't think I ever would have believed it, but mm-hmm. for but for evidence in front of me. Right, yeah. Um, but the testing, and for for children's testing, I'm sure you're familiar with it, they do this battery of tests, and I think there are five different areas. I can't remember the name of the test, but you might, you probably know it. It's yeah. Like the, I think, uh, uh, is it the Binet? No, uh, there's one, it's, it's gonna start with a W. It's like the, oh the the um, Wisconsin no the Wells Wells Welsler um, yeah, intelligence yeah, test something like yes yeah so the one for for children I guess it's somewhat different than the adult one but it, I think it has five parts to it so mm-hmm. they do testing in five distinct parts and give you all the scores and things so um, when Sawyer was I think he would have been just turned. Uh, seven, I think he was, uh, let's see, seven, or maybe he was eight. Anyway, uh, around seven or eight, he, we did some testing then just because it, it was, he was four when he had it done initially. And then Dr. Pierre felt like she could get a lot more information about him because he mm, was right. so much older. Yeah. Uh, and so she did some she did that testing, and it's uh, it's it's interesting because I'm not even sure the right way to describe it. Not being a, a psychologist, but the the different tests and their their traits really can influence their their scoring on that test. So one mm. of the 
one of the one of the air one of those five areas is I can't remember the name of it, but it, it's like like basic or core intelligence or something. It's about their cognitive uh, abilities, like yeah, to like yeah, um, and. So Sawyer got a really high score on that. It was like 96 percentile or something like that. Mm-hmm. And then on another one for uh, a different area, I can't remember what the area was called, but you have to, um, you it tests how many things that you can recognize in a certain period of time, like symbols or things that are, in a uh, a pattern or picking out things. The spatial, the spatial one, like spatial, visuospatial. Uh, yeah, it might be. It might be that one. But so for that one, Sawyer got something like I don't know, like seventy fifth percentile or something mm. like. And Doctor Pierce said, "Well, you can't really get. I couldn't." I wouldn't rely on that score because he's not going to do that quickly. So his processing speed looks like it's slower than it is. Like it's still above average. Right. Still like high, but not in a gifted range. But it's only high because he's such a perfectionist. He would not, he wouldn't do it quickly. Right. Yeah. He he double checked everything. (laughs) Yeah. So it's really, it's hard to interpret the results as well. Yeah. Yeah. I've read a bit about that and I mean, there's lots of other things that affect the testing, but, um, yeah. yeah. And like, and I've read like this forum that I'm on, on Facebook, there's, you know, parents that are like worried that they're going to get their kid retested and she, and they're like, I know they're not going to do well because they're going to be bored during the test. (laughs) Yeah. Well, oh, well, and that brings me to another, another issue too. So you've probably come across some, <clears throat> excuse me, some literature on, um, ADHD mm-hmm. and, and I think that might, I mean, I think that some kids probably have both, Yeah. but for a kid who doesn't have ADHD and is just gifted, they can, they're really in a high risk, at a high risk for being misdiagnosed. Yeah, yeah. And um, for me, like Sawyer and I went through this, and it's a real, I think in the end it's just a real rabbit hole. I went um, Yeah, and I, yeah, go ahead, sorry. In his, so when he did that testing, when he was around seven or eight, uh, the results came back and Dr. Pierce said that she thought he had mild ADHD because he was displaying uh, the characteristics of that. And she was describing some of it, like how in the middle of this testing, sometimes he would get up and walk around. Right. I'm like, well, how would you know if that's ADHD or if he's bored? Right. Anyway, so he was proclaimed to have mild ADHD and I so of course being who I am did lots of research on that and discovered that it could be true or it could be a misdiagnosis yeah. and 
I think it, it could be impossible to, to tease out the difference. I know. Absolutely. It might be because if you, so if you have a gifted kid who takes in so much information from their surroundings, then is that, is that ADHD? It, it, they're just taking in a lot of information, so maybe they want to address a lot of different things at one time. Right, and so it's not necessarily about the amount of information they're taking in. It's about are they doing like what are they doing with that? Like if they're actually processing it and they're and it's not dysfunctional and it's um, yeah helping them, at, you know, especially in the right environment. Yeah. So that was uh, a long story, and then so for. I can't remember why it was, but anyways, somehow, for some reason, during this course of things, we got on a, Sawyer got a referral to one of the, uh, what are they called, community, community health um, pediatrician, mm. of, uh, through the, like, the regular healthcare system, so it was really funny, because of course, in that system, you get into it like a year later, right? Right. So that was just this, when was it, last summer? I think it was the last summer, beginning of last summer, maybe. We went, we went to this pediatrician a couple times. And then on the second time, uh, we had to do the reports that you would fill out, like the parent one and the teacher one and the, the self one for the child. And she, the pediatrician assessed that and then assessed Sawyer when he was there at appointments and in the end said, I'm pretty sure he doesn't have ADHD. Mm, wow. And, and, and I'm going, oh, what do I do with this? No. <laughs> I have two different diagnoses, so I don't know what to make of it. Um, well, yeah, I mean... So this is where I feel like ultimately like the it's like knowing your child, right? And this is how we advocate for them. And really it's whether they're like gifted or not. It's like you know when like all these tests are great when they are helpful. Um but we yeah. have to use that with knowing our child and knowing what they do because I mean, you know, I'm a psychologist. I know that these tests don't always capture things. We're just trying to capture an essence of something and put it into a, you know, a score, which is often helpful, but in some cases it's not, you know? Well, yeah. So you have experts, but they can't, they don't figure things out in psychology to a certainty. It's not that kind of a science. So yeah, I guess you just have to take it for what it's worth. Yeah. So in the end, yeah, I, I sort of, after all of that, I came to a point where I said, again, which is what I've gone back to uh, and learned to go back to over time as a, as a mother, I just need to ignore the, the categories and labels and expertise and everybody's opinion and figure out what works for my kid. I know. And... It doesn't, in the long run, it doesn't really matter if he has a mild ADHD or not if we deal with it. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, and then, so at one point in this, he got a prescription for medication, and I was like, I am not really okay with 
this wow. I mean, and, and I did a lot of reading about ADHD medication and I'm thinking oh my gosh I'm gonna stunt his growth now yeah <laughs> and and not to mention maybe change his his brain for the rest of his life yeah and who knows what yeah um, so yeah so wow. again we did that for a week <laughs> yeah. a week and, and then you uh, know then your intuition kicks in and you know <laughs> Yeah, and, and, and he said he, it made his belly hurt, and uh, there was a bit of a difference in him, but then I I just wasn't comfortable with it, and I said, I, I, can't, I can't justify something that may have such harmful effects to address a problem which is not severe. Especially if it's, like, actually part of the giftedness, and it's, like, what, like... If yeah, but I don't even know if it exists. Yeah. <laughs> the problem exists, so. Yeah. And, I mean, this is also comes back to, like, you know, all of the boxes that we try to fit all kids into. And, like, whether it's stunting their intellectual development or their cognitive development or emotional development or whatever. But, you know, it, like, it's where we have to become advocates when we know that our child will do better in a with a different circumstance or a different environment or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. like, I feel, I mean, I know I'm going to encounter all these things and I'm, I am so happy to be thinking about this beforehand. I mean, cause even, yeah, you have a great like head start on all of these things, like knowing what to, that, what you might expect or it happens. That's, oh, it's, that's awesome. I know. I feel fortunate. And I do want to, you know, obviously so much of what I do is like trying to like pave the way for other people. And I, I feel like, you know, just, I feel like I need to, to be, uh, like be vocal about what my experiences are, despite how uncomfortable I feel about it. Because if there's anyone else out there who's struggling with a toddler and feeling these things, like I want them to know that it, it's not them, like, you know, or, not that yes. it's not them, but you know, it's, um, they might have unique circumstances and, and to find some kind of support like I'm getting from talking to you. So, yeah, well, hey, well, this is actually our support group, right? Yeah. We have a support group of two to start with. <laughs> well, you know, if you put it out, I was thinking, like, yeah. yeah, how would you get a support group for this? Well, you can't unless you put it out there, which is which is brave. Yeah. And I feel like I'm just going to have to like bite the bullet and be brave and, you know, and just say it and risk people being like, she just thinks her kid's so great. And be like, yeah, if you want to think that that's what this is, go for it. But there's other people out there who are going to be like, oh my God, thank you. This is what I've needed, (laughs) you know? Yeah. And I think really the Probably the the hard part will be just doing that the first couple of times. Yeah. After that, I think you'll probably gain such confidence that you'll just dismiss those people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think so. Um, because I just found that the more I've been dealing with this, the more, uh, especially I guess after you get testing, them, the, the more uh, you learn how to deal with other people and to maintain your 
your uh, self-confidence mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Maybe next time we uh, we meet, we'll have a, a third person in our support group. <laughs> <laughs> so, how? What are you? What are you planning to do? Are you planning to do something like put this out there? I'd like to. Like, I mean, so like, obviously, you know, I've been recording it, and then I'll let you think about it. But I, I, I would love to put this on my podcast, and then. Um, and yeah, and let people, yeah. And I just want to start, yeah, I want to start talking about it. And I think until this conversation with you, I wasn't ready, but I'm like, you know what? Fuck it. Like I, I don't want, like, I hate that I felt isolated. I hate that you feel isolated and felt isolated when he was young too. And I, if I can help anyone else not feel isolated, then it's worth just me sucking it up and, and putting it out there for people. So, I mean, I think that's a start and see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's definitely a start. I'm, yeah, I'm curious to see what, what will happen. Like it even blows my mind that like for two, almost three years now, like I've, you know, struggled with some of these things and didn't know that you had these struggles, you know, like, I don't know. It's just strange that, and, but we have the capacity to share these experiences because of things like Facebook and, and whatnot. So like, there's a yeah. huge potential to, to do some positive change around this, I think. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. It's interesting because I kind of had like, just from some of the things that you had posted before, I kind of had this inkling and I was like, I, like, I didn't know the extent of, the struggles that you had, but I thought, wow, it's Asher sounds very, he sounds familiar to me. Yeah. And when was it a year ago? Maybe I had said to you when we were just talking on uh, messenger, like, I just, I feel like we need, we're going to have some kind of a project together. I haven't figured yeah. out. What I, I kind of had an inkling that this, maybe this would be it. Oh yeah. I was, I had no idea back then. Um, like well, what? I didn't know, but I was just, I had it kind of in the back of my mind. I was thinking, well, maybe that would be, maybe yeah. that's something that will, will, will bring us to a project. So do you have, what do you, what are you thinking? Like, what do you have an idea of like where we could go with this? I'm thinking, or what I was thinking and what I've seen, I think exists in other, other places is yes, yeah, some kind of a, some kind of a group or a forum yeah. uh, or, for parents with gifted children and yeah, just sort of like a sharing experience, almost like your um, body monologues, that sort of thing. Mm, yeah. Yeah. Okay, I like this. I think we should, yeah, let's think about. It. I mean, I mean, we could even just figure out how to make an like very active call and and see what happens. I mean, that's how body monologue started. I just posted something on there, yeah. It was just like I have this random thing and then people responded and it was wow. like, I had no idea what to expect. <laughs> you know? So well, you know, as they as they say, the right thing will happen. Yeah. Okay. Well, we can we can talk about the uh, the logistics of that then. Um, yeah. Yeah. Sounds- okay. I'm well, just, well, I'm really glad this is helpful 
Mandy. I I had uh, hadn't had a full appreciation of how helpful it would be for you just to talk about it. Oh my God! After the first message that when we were messaging after that, I sent it to Mike and I was like, Mike, I'm crying. Like I was like, I just felt like so like affirmed and like it just like all the crazy thoughts that I had in my head and all these things were just like, Oh my God, maybe I'm not crazy. Like maybe I'm not all these things. And Mm -hmm. like, I had never felt that much relief from those negative thoughts in like, two and a half years so wow yeah so thank you like that's awesome I'm so happy for you that's so oh that's wonderful yeah Yeah. so so thank you (laughs) yeah it's maybe Mike should talk to John (laughs) yeah (laughs) they they would probably have some good laughs that's a good point actually because (laughs) I think Mike's still in a little bit of a like denial like he doesn't like the word gifted and, he, and he's kind of like, okay, well, if you're getting help by exploring this, great. But he mm-hmm. didn't, he hasn't really like bought in as much, um, but he's going to listen to this and, you know, hear things differently. But yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe he and John can talk. And I think that that was very much a place John was, mm. uh, uh a while back and he was he was quite resistant he was resistant really resistant in the beginning because it came out as there's some problem with your kid maybe as ODD and John's reaction to that was there's nothing wrong with my kid we're not doing this right and then yeah and then I mean he he made progress after that but in terms of the whole gifted thing he was kind of you could just tell by his reaction to it he was um he was going through it but he wasn't a big believer and I think now he's more of a believer only because he's seen some things that Sawyer has done that kind of blow his mind and he thinks (laughs) that it must be true (laughs) right yeah Oh, yeah. Well. yeah, but it, yeah, it is, it is a good point. It would probably be really helpful for them. Yeah. Yeah. On both ends. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Mm. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, let's, um, let's follow up, um, like on messenger and, you know, think yeah. about like next steps and stuff and, and then for sure. Can chat again about this soon. I'm 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 really excited about this. Um, I had you know what I had a cr- crazy day yesterday because I was yeah. I was running my life coaching course and there was like a big incident that happened and I was just so emotionally like oh. drained by the end and I was like I didn't go to ultimate last night and I was gonna cancel on this and I was like no this is like so important this is what I'm excited about and like and I was just like this is a totally different level of energy that I need to compensate for everything else (laughs) well and when it comes to your child you miraculously find the energy yeah it's true (laughs) okay well you have a good rest of your day and yeah uh, you too we'll talk soon then (laughs) okay bye